Turret. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We used to sing a song years ago called Standing on the Promises. Standing on the promises of God my Savior, I'm standing, 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 I'm standing on the promises of God. So I have a question for you as we launch into the program today. Are you standing? Are you standing on the promises of God? Or are you drifting on the promises of the culture and the promises of your feelings that are ever vacillating? Today on Viewpoint, I trust that as a result of your listening to this program today, you are going to feel what our guest today calls healing rain. Yes, that somehow you are going to experience a level of healing and restoration that perhaps you have never experienced before. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And before we launch into the deep with our special guest today, I want to share a story with you that I have never shared on the air. It takes us back to 1997. In 1997, I was invited to go to an event in St. Louis, Missouri. It was a gathering of 100 of the most prominent Christian leaders in the land, people who were desperately concerned about the condition of the church, not the condition of the nation, because that had taken place back in 1996, also in St. Louis, where 4,000 people came to pray for America. And so, I am here in this particular event in St. Louis, Missouri, 100 Christian leaders gathering to pray and to discuss what's going on in the church in America. The problem was, I was desperately sick. I was so sick at that point that I did not know for sure whether I would live or die. Now, I don't know how to translate the implications of that to you, but I'm just telling you how it was. On the other hand, I felt absolutely, it was absolutely necessary for me to be there among these brethren because my heart was broken for, well, the church in America. In fact, the church itself needed healing in the worst possible way. And so here we were, uh, three days there in St. Louis, Missouri, meeting together, breaking bread together, praying together, and so on. And I remember getting to my hotel room, and during the breaks, I was in the process of writing on my second book. It was called Out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. And guess what I was writing on at that time? The promise of God when he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And so as I was trying to write there in my hotel room, the enemy of my soul was sitting on my shoulder, mocking me in the most strident language, saying, you're crazy. Look at you. You 
are dying. You feel like you are dying and you're writing on, I am the Lord that heals you. Give me a break. And that's how it went. So great was the sense that I was at the end of the road that I actually called my wife from that hotel room and said, honey, I think I need to make it home quickly because I'm not sure that I'm going to make it. Here I am today broadcasting these past 28 and a half years, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home. Why? Well, one of the main reasons is because I believe what God said in his promises. I am the Lord that healeth thee. So again, I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Our guest today, Sue Detweiler, with her book, her book, Healing Rain. Healing Rain. Sue, it's so good to have you on the program. Wow. It, it, that was an amazing story. It's wonderful to be with you, too. So well, how did God heal you? Well, that's a good question. I don't know how. I don't know how. I just know that he did. Because ever since then, I have written nine more books, writing the tenth as we speak, concerning preparing God's people for persecution. And I have in my hands the book that was being written at that time called Out of Egypt, Could This Be God's Final Call? Did you know, by the way, Sue, that... The words out of Egypt are, and that message is the number one message of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation over 400 times. Those words out of Egypt or similar words can be found. Abraham, the father of the faith, had to come out of Egypt before Israel ever went into Egypt. Then we know about Moses. God called Moses out of Egypt. He had to take him into Egypt to take him out of Egypt. And then after 40 years, send him back into Egypt to take out his adopted son, Israel. And it took God 40 years to get enough Egypt out of them to allow only two people who would stand on his promises to enter the promised land. And Jesus himself had to come out of Egypt that it might be fulfilled out of Egypt. Have I called my son? We got to come out that of Egypt. powerful. Yes, we do. We got to come out of Egypt and the only way we can come out of Egypt is to believe God. Yes. Believe God for healing and all the other promises. Isn't that great? It's wonderful. All right. Now, Sue, you've written a book, Healing Rain. Why did you use that title? It doesn't sound like a very biblical title in a sense. <laughs> The Bible does talk about rain, and it does talk about healing, but healing rain? What's up? Well, you know, uh, my husband and I have been in ministry for a very long time, and that means we love people and care about people. And a, a co-worker, someone that worked under me in pastoral ministry, had breast cancer. And, you know, when you're praying and interceding for someone... Um, in the midst of my prayers for her, I penned the lyrics of the song that's printed at the beginning of, of the book, mm -hmm. and then I finished the co-write, and it became a song. Hmm. And the essence of the song is that, you know, there's times that we need to immerse ourselves 
under Christ's love, and and His love comes down like healing rain, like mm. a, a downpour, and that and that it's His healing that comes from heaven. But we've got to position ourselves to be soaked in His presence mm. and transformed by His Word. Sounds an awful lot like that song. Sounds an awful lot like that song. Mercy drops round me are falling, but for the showers I plead. Showers yes. of blessing. Yes. All right. That we'll, concept. Yeah. Yes. All right. When we get back from this break, we're going to get into the application of that in our lives because information without application results in nothing but frustration unless there's transformation. And that's what we need. We need transformation, healing transformation with right back friends. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. say they want to have faith they cry out to the lord give me more faith well faith is like a muscle if you don't use it you lose it if you don't use it you lose it and so today on viewpoint we're going to be talking to a certain extent about the meaning of faith and what it means to embrace the promises of god to walk in them through life's journey wherever it has taken us. And for some of us, it's taken us in areas where we've been tested to the max. I just shared with you one test. Just one test. But there are many, many, many others that enable us to be able to talk about trusting God. Yes, indeed, in this life and its circumstances. Sue, you uh, have had... A number of situations in your life we can't go into all of them because you've been around a fair amount of time although as I look at your picture on the back of the book you look like uh, well you look like a, a sweet chick from the south uh, just a, a beautiful blonde-haired young lady won't ask you what your age is but uh, I'll tell you uh, very attractive but I bet you've been through a lot well, you know, I believe the Lord has healed me, and it feels like He's restored my youth. I have more energy and vitality, and I think it shows on how I look. So I am a testimony that God is our healer. Mm. All right. Now, you've had some circumstances uh, in your life. Uh, I believe that uh, you lost a child, didn't you? That would cause a lot yes. of pain in somebody's life. It wouldn't oh, necessarily cause will. physical uh, sickness, but it could cause a broken heart. It sure did. We we have six children. So we had four biologicals. Mm-hmm. And then we felt prompted by God to travel to Brazil and adopt two boys that were 12 and 8. 
Mm -hmm. And they were both born drug addicted and from a background of mental illness. Wow. And so that's no small undertaking. No. God taught us about the love of God. And when my oldest son reached the age of, he was 23, um, I got a call one day, and it was from a coroner. So this is not one of those happy moments. Mm -hmm. And my son had died of an apparent drug overdose. Oh, my. It did break my heart. Well, you're speaking to hundreds and thousands of uh, people across the country right now because drugs are just eating us alive, even in God's house. Well, I feel the compassion of the Lord for those that may have children struggling with drugs. We we had never experienced it before. Um, and, and Dre was one of those people that he loved Jesus. Mm. Um, and if you've ever met a drunk that tells you about Jesus and tries to lead you to the Lord, that was Dre. Hmm. With a great big smile. Uh, he had been clean for about five months, but I've learned that often a drug overdose happens when you've been clean for a while and then you use. Um, so it was devastating. And, and soon after that, I did develop symptoms in my heart. I failed a stress test and needed to be scheduled for a catheterization a surgical procedure where they look at your heart. Mm. Um, And, you know, at the time, I don't think I tied it together, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was a physical thing. Mm -hmm. But we don't don't usually connect the dots very well, do we? We don't. Yeah, we don't. And, you know, sometimes I've I've learned now that there's something called broken heart syndrome Mm -hmm. that people can actually die of the physical symptoms that are triggered by the emotional pain and loss that we sometimes experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that that's what was happening in my life. Well, somebody might say, Sue, well, yeah, but that's not physical healing. That's uh, that's an emotional kind of a thing. Did God really mean that when he said, I will take sickness away from the, the midst of you, and we said, uh, I am the God that heals thee, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Is that what he, he was also including? I believe when you when you look at that passage from Exodus fifteen twenty six, mm-hmm. it, it was a promise that evoked his character of who he is. It was, I am who I am, and I am the one with a covenant promise that if you diligently obey my command, that I will I will remove the sicknesses that I brought upon the Egyptians. Mm-mm-mm. And I do believe that there's a difference um, between the health of those that believe and apply the promises of God to their lives mm-hmm. and stand on the finished work of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and that he's a healer you know a lot of people would say and and of course i grew up in what is called a cessationist environment Uh, my father was a pastor and uh uh, in traditional evangelical church uh holiness movement Mm -hmm. Uh, but there was this sense that 
well, the promises of God are all true, but a lot of those were for yesterday, the days of the disciples and so on. So that's the environment that I grew up in. It was, it's called cessationism, that somehow there was a ceasing of many of those things. So it was a very hard thing, Sue, for me to come to the place uh, back in the, uh, the mid uh, to late 1990s to come to grips with the fact that God was exactly who he said he was even today, without exception. Yeah. And that I needed I, to come to yeah. the place to take him at his word and trust him. Yes, I think that happened to me um, uh, perhaps a little earlier. I grew up in a cessational environment as well. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather, who was a Mennonite, had a severe accident where he was rushed to a hospital. Mm-hmm. He had been driving a buggy, and it backed up over the side of the road, and he fell with the horse landing on top of him. Mm. And so it was a life-and-death situation. They called in the elders. They anointed him with oil, mm-hmm. and he miraculously lived. And not only that, but he walked. And that miracle spawned a, such a revival in my grandparents' home that they would hold all-night prayer meetings. And so I think when you have experienced someone who has a testimony where they were facing a life and death situation and God healed them, it becomes very real and tangible in your life. Is it Okay, here's the question, though. Is that just for the exception, or is that for me? Is that for you? Is that for someone who's listening today who right now is going through what may be either trying or terrifying situation? Can we, are we entitled to take God at his word, go to him, and trust him absolutely with regard to his promises? I believe we are given that opportunity. But not to manipulate God at the same time, right? Not to manipulate God. And, you know, when I was writing this book, I tried to share stories of both. Because in this world, we have suffering. And there are times that you pray for somebody to be healed, and their final healing is heaven. They don't experience the healing on earth. And all of us, have experienced the disappointment, the pain, the loss. Mm -hmm. But I also balance that with telling story after story after story of miraculous healing. So both happen in our human experience. Um, But our, our standing on the promises of God reveal the joy of walking with Him and leaning on Him to answer our prayers. Well, I'm looking in your book here uh, at the end of chapter 8, which uh, is is like a prayer. God, you are my healer. Shine your light on every hidden and unresolved trauma in my life. I know that you didn't create me to live in torment. You made me live in health and to prosper. You're a compassionate Lord. And you finish saying, in faith, I receive your peace. I believe that you are good. I believe that you care for me. Jesus, I believe you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I receive your healing in faith. I love you. 
Amen. Well, that's simple. It's simple, but we're talking about simple faith. And you mentioned this whole idea of the covenant. What you did not know is that I quoted right out of my book, Out of Egypt, in two chapters called Covenant Man. Covenant Man. You know what the problem is today, I think, for most Christians? We're just not covenant people. We don't understand the covenant. We live at a very superficial level of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I think God is calling us to a much, much deeper understanding of what that means that has vast practical implications for each one of us. Because in every one of our lives, there's a need for some kind of healing, some kind of restoration, some kind of hope for the future. And we've got to come to the place where we rest in him and then wait patiently for him. And that's uh, ultimately what I am concluding from your book. Without going into all the details, we don't need to because God is calling us to rest in him and wait patiently for him as we trust him. Only trust me, he says. $15 is going to put this $17 book in your hands. Healing Rain, friends, it's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, and we're going to get the book in your hands. Also, Uh, Since I have mentioned this, uh, I'm going to uh, direct your attention also to our website concerning the book Out of Egypt. Some people have said they think it's the greatest book I've ever written. My wife thinks that because it calls us together to a complete understanding of the word of God from Genesis to Revelation in applying the promises of God in a way that you and I can make sense of. Now, that book is available to you for $15 also on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. If you want to get both of these books together, Out of Egypt and Healing Rain, guess what? You're going to save uh, $3 of postage and handling, so it'll only be $2 for the second book. And uh, just make sure that if you call us or you write to us, whatever, that you express that. Okay, Sue, uh, you're traveling. Why are you traveling? <laughs> you know, God has opened up so many doors. So every weekend I'm I'm speaking somewhere. I have been traveling internationally, so um once a month I've been in different nations. So My goodness. It's been amazing. Well, don't you have a problem settling down and resting? You know, rest <laughs> you can tell I wrote a whole book. Even when I travel internationally, I make sure that I have Sabbath rest every every week. I believe that God heals through rest, and it's one of the ways that we honor Him. Do you think that one of the reasons underlying that might actually be traceable, if we were honest, would be that most Christians do not take the Sabbath holy, do not keep the Sabbath holy, do not rest and wait on the Lord that way? I do. I believe it's an epidemic. I think it's the, one of the main commandments that Bible-believing Christians 
have a tendency to break. Mm. And I, I witnessed it in my own home. I, I had a father that, oh, what an incredible man. But on this particular area of Sabbath rest, he and my mother would fight. <laughs> oh, my man. Dad, I know. You mean they put on the boxing gloves and fought? (laughs) It it was just plain the area. No, wait a minute. I thought these Mennonites were peaceable people. (laughs) Yes, they're very peaceable people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to get back in here. I, I think you can see that Sue is real. Uh, She has a real heart for you, for the kingdom of God. She's director of Life Bridge Global. She has her own podcast, Healing Rain. We'll talk to her about that when we get back. Stay tuned, friends. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, A letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. It's always a delight to be able to join you here on Viewpoint to talk about the things that matter most in our lives. The things that matter most are not necessarily what's going on in the world of politics. Politics, my friends, are a mere reflection of the problems that we have in our own lives. Did you know that? Those are the politics. Because they come from the word poly, which has to do with getting along with one another. We're not doing a very good job of it. Why aren't we doing a very good job of it? Well, because we have not met the Lord, our God, that heals us. It's just true. It's just the way it is. If you track the thing down, if you connect the dots, you find that the more we walk away from the God who heals us, the more problems we have. So right now, in America, the United States of America, we have... More than 50%, probably 60 to 70% of professing, well, of Americans who have walked away from trusting God at any level. Now, that's a serious problem because that means we're cast, cast away on our trust for ourselves. We just trust ourselves. Do you feel like you're that trustworthy, my friends? If that were true, then why does God say continually, trust me? Why do the psalmist continually say, I will trust you, I will, I will, I will, I will trust you, I will, I will, even amid all his laments there in the psalms? Go back and read them. We need healing in the most desperate way here in our country today and in God's own house. 
but it covers a lot of things. It's not just physical healing. It's emotional healing. It's spiritual healing. It's economic healing. It's the whole person. Sue, does God care about the whole person? Oh, God just loves us so intimately and compassionately. He wants us to live in fullness and freedom. Fullness and freedom. You have an acronym uh, that you talk about in your Bible, REST. Tell us about it. Well, God gave that to me one day. Um, You know, we were pastoring, and your schedule can become pretty intense. Mm. And he spoke to my heart about clearing the schedule that he wanted. He wanted us to take an extended amount of rest. Mm -hmm. And the acronym is R, Revive, E, Expectancy, S, surrender, T, trust. It sounds like uh, it's something that's more of a cycle, uh, that you go through that, but then you got to go through it again and again and again and again and again. Lead us through it again. R is revive, E is expectancy, S is surrender, T is trust. And what I have found is that when I make rest and the pace of grace a regular part of my life and how I live, how much I sleep at night, how much I rest, how much I I don't try to do everything in my own strength, Mm -hmm. that there's really a revival of expectancy and surrender and trust in my heart that I'm walking at full capacity and that my inheritance at full capacity is joy and delight in being a child of God. Well, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We're not seeing a whole lot of righteousness today. We're not seeing very much joy and certainly not very much peace. you think there's a connection? I do believe so. I, there's an epidemic, and there's an epidemic with pastors and people that work in the helping, the helping, like social workers or doctors mm-hmm. or nurses, and that somehow we have got to build a pace of grace in how we live our lives so that rest is a, a regular rhythm of how we live. You, saw, you used a phrase, the pace of grace. Uh, that, that has a ring to it. The pace of grace. The problem, yeah. as I see it, is with the, our understanding of the word grace. Most mm-hmm. people today have replaced the word mercy with grace. And they're completely different words. Yes, uh, they are. Mercy is what we desperately need because we're guilty before God. Grace is what God uses in his favor toward us to enable us to do his will. Yes. Isn't that true? Yes, it's his divine power, his divine energy mm-hmm. surging through us. And and let me talk about a very practical application. Go for it. Really, in the American way of doing things, we think that we have to get all of our work done and then we can rest. But there's a reality that when we were created as human beings on the sixth day of creation, mm-hmm. our 
first day on this earth was a rest day for us. We didn't rest in our finished work. We rested in God's finished work. And that has to be a revelation of how we rest. Okay. So, in other words... That phrase on the bumper sticker out of the 1970s, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get, uh, was very real. <laughs> and it's, it's plagued so. American minds and hearts, and it's plagued pastors all over the country so that they're leaving the ministry in droves. The people expect more of them than they could possibly give because they expect less and less of themselves than God requires them to give. It's unbelievable what's happening. And we're not yes. we're not walking in joy, we're not walking in peace, and we're not walking in righteousness or right wasteness. Yes. And we need a revival. And that revival begins in our own heart. Mm-hmm. And when we rest, we tap into revival in our own lives where the presence of God is leading us daily. The question is how we get there. For the past 40 years, we have had cries for revival. Revival, 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 revival. We, to use uh, the vernacular, we ain't seen it yet. We might have seen little bits and pieces here and there, but we haven't really seen revival. Not really. We haven't seen the kind of revival that's changes people's lives dramatically in mass. We haven't seen that. Why? Well, you used a word that is one of my wife's favorite words. She just says, Chuck, this is the bottom line of it all. Surrender. We're just not willing to surrender. But we used to sing a song, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. Doesn't seem to be doing, doesn't seem to be making much sense today in our churches, does it? Surrender has to be a part of who we are, but, but I agree. Uh, there, we are needing a downpour of God's presence and power in our daily lives, but mm-hmm. also in our national lives. True. You can't have it in the national life unless you have it in the life of we the people, can you? No, I believe it starts with us. We mm. need to draw a circle and and say, God, revive me, revive my home. Create a window to heaven in my home that 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 heaven literally is coming to earth as we pray and as we receive the goodness of God in our lives. So what do you want people to, to take from your book, Healing Rain? I've written it with a very clear purpose in mind, and there's two primary purposes. One, I've written it for those people that are struggling with some sort of chronic sickness, Mm -hmm. that it becomes a daily step-by-step journey where people can walk through a process of healing in their own life. The second reason that I've written it is I believe that there's such a need for spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers Mm -hmm. to disciple others, and that I've written it as a guide that 
that you can create a context for people to study this book together and for spiritual fathers, for spiritual mothers mm-hmm. to be able to minister healing um, to the orphan hearts of, of a generation that needs God. An orphan heart. That's very descriptive. An orphan heart. Let's put some meat on that bone, because according to the latest uh, statistics uh, that actually basically uh, began about uh, five, six years ago, among professing Christian young people, among professing Christian young people, only 20% of them that believe, believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Only 20%. And only 9% believe in absolute truth. What does that tell us about our ability to walk in the fullness that Christ has for us, including healing? Well, I, I believe that God has set up a... He's made our bodies to heal. But he's also uh, created a context for healing of hearts, and that is the family, the family of God. Exactly. And as I travel around the world, the main problem internationally Mm -hmm. is a lack of uh, spiritual parents, of fathers and mothers pouring in to disciple young believers and to make disciples to to share the gospel in a way that represents the family of god well it's interesting you should say that because uh just a few years ago the holy spirit i put on, put upon my heart that to one of the most desperate needs of our time comes right out of malachi chapter 4 Before the great and terrible day of the Lord, I will call forth the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. So I penned the book, Hearts of the Fathers, How to Leave a Legacy That Lasts. This is where we are. Discipling for destiny. That's part of the healing process. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're talking today with Sue Detweiler concerning her book, Healing Rain, Immersing Yourself in Christ's Love to Find Wholeness of Mind, Body, and Heart. We're not talking about 
uh, a secular version of holistic uh, medicine or anything like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about setting our minds, our hearts, our wills, our emotions, our trust in the kingdom of God and in God himself. The scripture says, unite my heart to fear your name. Maybe we need to start right there. Unite our hearts to fear his name. Because quite frankly, we're not united. We're not united, not only in the body of Christ, we're not united within ourselves. We're living double lives. And as Jesus, as Jesus' brother, James said, a man with it or a woman with a divided heart is unstable in all their ways. So what we're talking about is somehow getting our minds and our hearts and our bodies together and trusting God and putting it all on the line. And we need that, as Sue says, that healing rain to accomplish that. But we've got to get in line with it ourselves. And... Uh, I urge you to get a copy of her book. It's a $17 book. It will encourage so many people. It's yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. By the way, Sue... When the Bible talks about salvation, it's not just talking about salvation from sin, is it? I I love that you brought that up, because one of the key Greek words is sozo, and it really has to do with a total transformation mm-hmm. of saving us from our sins, but also of healing and restoring us. Yeah. And so when David writes in Psalm 103... Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all our uh, iniquities and heals all our diseases and so on. That's what he's talking about. Yes, and and he's using the Hebrew word, you know, which is the name for God. Mm -hmm. He's using Yahweh Rapha within Mm -hmm. Psalm 103. And so, yes, just like we can trust God to forgive us of our sins, we can trust him to heal our diseases. Well, we need to. I want to share another little account. Actually, I'd mentioned uh, earlier that uh, my encounter with with regard to cessationism was in the 1990s. No, it was in the late 1970s. And uh, in the 1970s uh, is when I began to practice law in California and uh, actually ran twice for the state legislature in California. And uh, in the course of all of that, we had a daughter, our oldest daughter, who, uh, for whatever reason, suffered immensely from terrifying allergies to whatever, but especially milk products. It was so bad that everybody in our fairly large congregation knew about her, knew her situation, And at four years of age, her eyes were sunken deep in their sockets. Periodically, we had to rush her into the emergency to have adrenaline uh, pumped into her heart. It was not a pretty picture. Well, one weekend, uh, a gentleman, a contractor, took me to a gathering of men. And I went somewhat reluctantly, but I went. Uh, He wanted the, the association with me. And in the context of that men's gathering... I was introduced to God in a way that I had never 
understood before. In other words, that I could take him at his word, literally take him at his word. It wasn't just believing in my mind that I could actually take him at his word. So if he said, I sent my word and healed you and delivered my delivered you from my destructions, that I should take him at his word. And so I came home from that event and uh, mentioned it to my wife. And I said, sweetheart, here's what I believe the Lord is showing me today. And we have a daughter who's four years of age and in serious physical trouble. Can we just get her together? And I want to share this with her and we'll, we'll pray for her. And I'd never done anything like this before, Sue, ever. I had been a Christian all my life and never did this. So we called Nicole and uh, I said, sweetheart, we're going to pray for you uh, that God is going to heal you from this terrifying allergy that is destroying your life. And by the way, if you think it's just drinking a glass of milk, you've got another thing coming because there's lecithin in almost every prepared food. And that's milk. So I prayed for her very simply. I'd never done it before. And here's what happened. Nicole turned around to her mom and dad right there on the stairs at our house. And she says, can I have a chocolate cookie? (laughs) Now, she knew. She lectured people. She's a brilliant person. She lectured people on milk products and so on that they denied was in everything. She said, no, 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 no. It's got... She asked for a chocolate cookie. And Kathy and I looked at each other. Now what do we do? So here's what we said. Well, honey, don't you think we ought to go a little slower on this thing? And here's what she said. Out of the mouth of babe, Sue, she said, you don't really believe I'm healed, do you? Let that sink in for a minute. Here's what happened. The next Sunday evening, we took her together with another family who had kids your her age, and we went out and celebrated her healing. She had her first glass of milk, her first bowl of ice cream, and never had another response to milk. And she's now turned 50. Wow. And she is my right hand, and without her, I couldn't even do what I do. You know, not everybody is going to necessarily have that exact experience, but I'm telling you, we've been tested. We've been tested. And I think right now, there there, there are some who are being tested, even as as we speak and say, yes, but... The Bible's not full of yes buts. And the people that gave the yes but answer never got to the kingdom. Right? I do believe there's such a transformation when we apply our faith to the Word of God and when we stand on it. And when we trust him to heal us, that he's our ultimate source of healing, I believe there's a a transformation that happens Mm -hmm. where God, we remove ourselves, we remove our doubt, we remove our unbelief, and we surrender more fully to God that he can heal us. It's like the disciple cried out, Lord, I believe, help them my unbelief. Mm -hmm. because we're human beings. 
Mm-hmm. We're not here to try to hold something over somebody's head and say, well, if you if this happened to you, you just didn't have enough faith, so uh, go and pound sand and eat worms. It's not that way. <laughs> no, we're human beings. And God wants us. He's crying out to us to trust him. You know, if we can't learn to trust him in some of these other ways, how in the world, Sue, how in the world are professing believers ever going to trust God when the mark of the beast is coming along? Just not going to be able to. Yeah, we need his healing power activated in our lives, not only for ourselves, but for others. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in terms of praying for others' healing, even unbelievers will welcome prayers for healing. Yes, they and will. often that is one of the best ways. Like when you're traveling internationally, a miracle of healing creates an opportunity for whole families mm-hmm. to come to God. And you don't even have to travel internationally. That's I've been going true. to the same post office for uh, almost 30 years for Save America Ministries. And I stood in line. The gal knows who I am. She'll even call my name when I'm standing out there in the in the room. And I came up and she says, Chuck, will you pray for me? My son has developed a certain kind of cancer. I can't talk to you right here, but will you come outside here, and would you come out here in the outer room here, and would you pray for me? And we did. Right there in that post office, she reaches around, gives me a holy hug right there, and two weeks later talks about the deliverance of her son. Mm. Everywhere we go, Sue. Yes. We don't have to go to yeah. India and China. That's right. We've got India and China right here. That's right. All right. So what is your message as you go out there? You're uh, you're making your way around the world internationally. You keep using that term internationally. Uh, what is your ultimate message? My message, my ultimate message is Jesus Christ. And I believe that as we point people to Jesus, we become carriers of his healing, his hope, and his freedom. Well, that's true. That's true. And without hope, we have nothing. Mm-hmm. There was a song that came out, I uh, can't remember the name of the fellow, he said, Without love, I am nothing. But without hope, we are nothing. Absolutely nothing. And God's promises, his covenant promises of healing and health in every respect. And salvation is a message of hope. Yes, it is. And when we anchor our hope and our trust on the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he has already accomplished for us, Mm. on the cross. We add all he has for us today. And you mentioned adoption. You adopted uh, how many children? We adopted 
two children. Uh huh. And we have six total children. <laughs> All right. Well, we have, yes. God has a message of adoption. Uh, in fact, uh, in that book, Out of Egypt, one chapter is called Spirit of Adoption, Dare to Live in the Spirit of Adoption. And God's adoption provides a health maintenance plan, not Egypt's <laughs> disease maintenance plan, right? That's right. So we can either go along with God's health maintenance plan or we can go along with Satan's. And we have to make That's a choice. Right. Are we going to live like an Egyptian or are we going to live like a, like a God-fearing Israelite? <laughs> there, right. you've ever you've ever back uh, a while back when uh, there was a whole thing called walking like an egyptian well <laughs> we, we we've got uh in the body of christ we're walking like egyptians we got to stop yeah. trusting our traditional egyptian thinking and decide mm-hmm. to trust god i think that's right you've got the final message Take a couple of words, pray for us, and uh, wrap us up, will you? Yes, Jesus, I, I pray for each listener right now, for those that are facing chronic sickness in their lives or the lives of their family. I pray for hope to just be initiated in their hearts. God, I pray that you would soak them with your presence and that there would be a transformation that you would heal their traumas, that they could encounter you and apply the blood of Jesus Christ in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our healer. Amen. Amen. Get a book, copy of her book, Healing Rain. I think it'll be, uh, it'll really minister to, uh, to many out there. Your gift of 17 actually $15, will put the $17 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. Add $5 to postage and handling when you're writing. Become a partner, friends. We're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour, even this very day. That's right, even this very day. It's time to trust God. Only trust me, he says, please. Trust me. Do you? Thanks for joining us. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.